Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. When I wrote the book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Lessons About Devotion to Our Lady, one of the people I did not include was Mother Teresa. And the reason for that was because Father Michael Gately wrote a book called 33 Days to Morning Glory, and he dedicated a whole week to Mother Teresa. And I didn't think that there was anything else that I would be able to write or contribute that you wouldn't have already read in his book. Mother Teresa is this fascinating figure. We call her Saint Teresa of Calcutta now, a canonized saint of the church who was living during the part of many of our lives. So really a contemporary with all of us. And there's a new documentary that is hitting theaters through a Fathom event. Uh, in early October, on October 3rd and October 4th, called Mother Teresa, No Greater Love. And today, I'm happy to be speaking with David Nalieri, who is uh, one of the directors of the film, a producer. He works with the Knights of Columbus in digital media. So uh, very grateful that you could join me today, David, to speak a little bit about this film that people could go see. Yes, absolutely. Great to be with you, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting how it opens. It kind of opens like uh, when you go to the movie theater, Greg Marcus, if you go to a Marcus theater, uh, he comes on the screen, he gives a little intro to welcome to Marcus and this is what's happening. And so it's kind of like that because the Grand Knight, Patrick Kelly, gets on the screen, gives a little intro before the movie, uh, before the documentary. But he says something uh, very uh, interesting. And he says that, Mother Teresa was one of the greatest saints of our time. Why do you think that's so? Why was Mother Teresa one of the greatest saints of our time? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Now that 25 years has, has passed since her death, there is a new generation that is not familiar with her. It doesn't, uh, we didn't have any lived experiences of Mother Teresa, uh, like you and I certainly did. Um, Mother Teresa was a woman who... Uh, answered a call from Jesus Christ himself, uh, who appeared to her as a young Loretto sister, went on a train in India, and he asked her to um, go into the darkest holes of the world and to serve the poorest of the poor, to quench the thirst of Jesus. And she's a, a young woman who accepted and embraced that call from Jesus and uh, don't ever saw her mother and sister again. And you couldn't be a more family-oriented person than Mother Teresa, who left her family in Skopje, present-day northern Macedonia, at the age of 18, and never saw her mother and sister ever again. Someone who spent more than 50 years feeling the absence of God, going through a dark night of the soul, as many saints have gone through. Someone who dealt with uh, tremendous uh, migraines and health issues. Um, yet she was someone who loved Christ and saw Christ in the poorest of the poor, who would spend hours pulling maggots out of the bodies of dying people in the streets of India because she wanted to give them a death with dignity, knowing that they were loved. Um, and these tremendous acts of mercy um, changed so many lives and brought the gospel to so many people. Um, and so those are just a few thoughts that come to mind when I try to explain to people why she's one of the great modern saints in, in the Catholic Church. You mentioned that there's a whole generation, 25 years have passed since Mother Teresa walked this earth. And so that was one of the realizations I had. I was reading a Matthew Kelly thing, or he was talking about it in one of his programs for confirmation or something. But basically his point was that the kids you're teaching today 
don't know who Mother Teresa is unless you tell them who Mother Teresa is. And that's what I think this documentary is going to be able to do. It's going to communicate her story as you talk to so many people who knew her, who carry on her work today. And it's going to share that story to this generation and really renew devotion uh, to Mother Teresa. Now, this was a project of the Knights of Columbus, is my understanding. So what role did the Knights have in making this come to be? Yeah, we had a chance to do several premieres, uh, screenings of the film with the Knights of Columbus. And I had a great opportunity a few weeks ago to travel to Rome with the Supreme Knight, Patrick Kelly, who is the one who commissioned the film. And um, we had a screening at the NAC, the North American College in Rome. And it was very interesting because there was a large contingent of young seminarians came out. And most of them were born late 80s, early 90s, you know, so they just had no living memory of Mother Teresa. So for them, they knew who she was and maybe knew a little bit about her. But this was really an opportunity to go much more in depth and to really be inspired and understand exactly uh, who she was and the call, that mission that God gave her and the impact it had on the world and, and can, can continue and does continue to have. So um, we kind of had a chance to see that very much firsthand and experience that reality you allude to. Uh, in terms of the Knights of Columbus, the Knights, uh, we have a very long standing friendship and partnership with missionaries of charity. So going back more than 30 years, um, we would print always the constitution of the missionaries of charity, which goes to every single sister. Um, 19 at our headquarters in New Haven, Connecticut, uh, where we were founded back in 1882 by Father Michael McGivney and also uh, dedicated to charity, as you know, the Knights, so that there's very much that, that tangible connection because of our commitment to charity with the missionaries of charity. And then in 1992, the Knights of Columbus awarded her our highest honor at our uh, annual convention, uh, the Gaudium et Spes Award. So there was always this very warm, friendly, trusting relationship. And then what happened was when Mother Teresa died in the ensuing years, the Missionaries of Charity wanted to make some sort of film, um, something definitive that would share Mother Teresa's story with new generations. And so they explored with Hollywood filmmakers, and they had some initial scripts that were drawn up, but uh, nothing came together. They never felt completely at peace or comfortable with any given script or perhaps with a suggested actress to play Mother Teresa. And, uh, and it just kind of never went anywhere. Um, and then several years ago, they started thinking about a documentary. And we, at the Knights of Columbus, had produced a film, uh, Liberating a Continent, John Paul II and the Fall of Communism. That came out in 2016, got nominated, uh, won five Emmy Awards, um, was on Netflix, and uh, did had a PBS national distribution. And, and they very much liked that film, in particular Father Brian Kowalczyk, who's the postulator for Mother Teresa. So finally, about a year ago, they said, you know, if we're going to turn to somebody to make a approaching let's ask the knights of columbus and so they they called up supreme knight patrick kelly they had a conversation and uh i'm very happy and grateful that uh the supreme knight decided to take on this project uh, it was a great honor and privilege for us and, and for myself personally as the writer and director and so about a year ago we set out as the knights of columbus in partnership with the missionaries of charity um to tell this story for a new generation well, that's amazing that the Knights of Columbus really were able to put forward this effort to tell the story, cooperate with the Missionaries of Charity. And as you watch the documentary, there are lots of different sisters from the Missionaries of Charity uh, that are sharing about their work or the life of Mother Teresa. Some of them probably knew Mother Teresa directly. And I'm sure for you then, as the director and producer of the film, you've interacted with the sisters. What was that like? Because, of course, these sisters, they exude joy by the very, by their, by the very life that they live. And so what's life like for the missionaries of charity, and how did you perceive it or receive it as one kind of entering into their world? 
Yeah, no, it's a great question. It was a, it's just a joy to be with them. They're just such incredible uh, individuals um, who have made such a great sacrifice to serve the poorest of the poor. One of the things that really struck me early on is you know, when you look at the work they do, uh, serving the poorest of the poor, whether it's bathing lepers, uh, feeding and taking care of severely disabled children, um, all kinds of incredible view, they would say, this is the greatest sacrifice being interviewed. And um, it really convicted me because if you think about it in our modern American culture, to get someone to come out and put a camera in front of you and want to talk to you and want to put you on TV, that's considered an honor. That's considered something to be excited about. For them, it's the greatest sacrifice. Um, and doing the work that I described, pulling maggots out of a dead person's body, a dying person's body, or or bathing a person with leprosy, that for them is what they want to be doing. So it, it very much um, it challenges, I think, our modern world with the way they perceive things. But, but I think it's important to learn from that, too, and be inspired by that. Uh, when we thought about how to tell this story of Mother Teresa, one of the things we decided is we, wanted, we didn't want it to be a a chronological, linear, by-the-book type of film. Mother Truce was born on this date, and then this event happened, and the narrator's you know, recounting everything. Yes, we wanted the viewer to take away the key elements of Mother Teresa's life, and that's all in the film. We do it through flashback. But we wanted the film to have a framework and to be anchored by the witness, the ongoing witness of the missionaries of charity in the world today, and um, and how that fulfills Mother Teresa's vision, how it continues to go forward day in and day out, in season and out of season. And so in order to do that, we traveled and spent a lot of time with the sisters. So we were in Tijuana, where they work with migrants and refugees. We, we followed them in the Amazon jungle, where they have uh, outreach and apostolates to these remote ind- indigenous tribes that have no contact with the outside world, bringing the Eucharist, bringing catechesis, bringing food to uh, malnourished children. We were on the border of Venezuela, where the Venezuelan refugees are pouring into Brazil because of the economic crisis there and being met by the missionaries of charity that are giving them sustenance, giving them the love of Christ. Um, Nairobi, Kenya, in these slums where they're dealing with hydrocephalus, those big swollen heads, just incredible, loving effort uh, being pulled, uh, poured forth by these missionaries of charity. And really, I think um, there's a lot of images in this film that to me are very arresting. Um, that make you just uh, sit back and reflect. And I think that really bring the life, bring life and give witness to not just Mother Teresa and what an incredible woman she was, an incredible servant of God, but really to the gospel. You know, the gospel message of Jesus Christ to love your neighbor, I am a, to be your brother's keeper. Um, and so I, I think this film, in a certain sense, because of the witness of these missionaries of charity, uh, can be a tool for evangelization as well. One of the things that really shocked the world uh, with Mother Teresa was when that book was published, that really were, was her letters. And in these letters, she shared kind of about these experiences where she didn't really sense the love of God, but yet she perseveres her entire life serving God, even feeling empty inside. She doesn't give up. She just keeps doing it. She's always faithful And we call this the dark night of the soul. So you feature that a little bit in the documentary. What should a person take away from that dark night of the soul experience of Mother Teresa? Well, I think um, one thing I think is important to correct, and and I know this just even anecdotally, because when I started doing this documentary, you know, you talk to friends and you're explaining a project you're working on. I had some uh, Catholic friends who 
were even under the impression uh, after these reports came out that there was a loss of faith or there was a, a disbelief in God that Mother Teresa was grappling with. And, and I think my understanding from what I learned in the film and uh, in the process of working on the film with the experts, including Father Brian, I mentioned earlier, the postulator for Mother Teresa's cause, is that's inaccurate. You know, Mother Teresa was going through a dark night of the, soul, of the soul. She felt this absence of a closeness of God, this intimacy of God, this absence of the feeling of love. But but there was always that very strong faith in God. It was not a loss of faith. It was a, it was a personal, um, you know, anguish that she had in suffering that ultimately she realized God was giving to her as a, as a means of purification and, and, and as a source of redemptive suffering. And that's something she always offered up for others and offered up for the poor. And ultimately, it was a way for that God had her, her unite herself in a very powerful way uh, with all those around her, specifically the poorest of the poor that she was called to minister to. So, uh, you know, I think one of the takeaways, this is not a loss of faith. This is uh, a very unique gift, if you will, that God gave to her that allowed her to uh, achieve so much in her life. And uh, in this film, you have some really remarkable personal testimonials of people whose lives are transformed by Mother Teresa, who was in prison, uh, doing a nine-year prison sentence, um, a drug addict, someone really going through a difficult period in his life. And, and Mother Teresa represented the merciful love of God, which he had never experienced. God was always that figure that was out to get you, get you in trouble and throw you in hell. And Mother Teresa revealed to him the merciful love of God. And... Um, and Mother Teresa, with all the people I interviewed and spoke to, they always talked about this complete lack of judgment and this complete reflection of God's grace and God's love. And, and I think that is very much tied into the suffering. So this tremendous suffering, this tremendous dark night of the soul, this union with Christ on the cross became a source of this outpouring of grace. And that outpouring of grace touched so many people's lives and allowed for these transformative conversions that often happened when people encountered her. So that's some of the context that, you know, strikes me when I think of that dark night, that 50 year dark night of the soul that she that she went through. Mother Teresa truly was an inspiring figure, especially for the pro-life movement, for example. So she has some very good quotes that people use in the pro-life movement. Uh, inspirational in the sense that prayer was the foundation of the missionaries of charity. They always do their holy hour in the morning. They they pray before the Blessed Sacrament uh, in order then to be sent out to serve the poorest of the poor. There's a line in the film, too, saying that the Eucharist connects us to the poor. And so, you know, we're in this year, these years of Eucharistic revival. So that's kind of, uh, I think, that sentiment of Mother Teresa can inspire the Eucharistic revival. So I, I guess my question might be, so people are going to watch this documentary, people who haven't heard of Mother Teresa, people who, you know, didn't really know much about her, and now they're going to. So how do you think it's going to inspire them in their walk with God or, or towards Christian charity? Yeah, I think this film, because it's really, you know, it, this film is really about two different things, elements that kind of make up this film. One is the voice of Mother Teresa. So we, we went through archives all over the world to find different interviews she would give when she traveled to country different countries so you have the voice of mother Teresa. so the film you will hear from her directly it's not a narrator telling you about mother Teresa. Um, it, it's it's hearing her voice uh speaking so you're going to hear from her directly and 
and, and whenever you hear from someone as in close a union to God as she was, um, it, it can touch your soul. You know, it can definitely touch your soul. So there's the voice of Mother Teresa and her reflections that I think um, can have a profound impact on anybody listening. And the second thing I alluded to earlier, the visual images of the charitable work they do. That's very convicting, and I think it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So then when, you, when you're engaged in that and watching that, you're witnessing the gospel love, and that almost like a retreat experience for people. You know, this is an opportunity to kind of uh, turn off your phone, get away, and just listen and absorb because the gospel is woven into every aspect of this film because of the witness of the sisters and because of the words and the spoken words of Mother Teresa. And um, and I think, you know, in the same way in the film, you have these testimonials of people whose lives are transformed by Mother Teresa. The film itself could be a source of transformation because of those reasons I allude to. Now, beyond that, I will say, too, I think there's a lot of thematic aspects of the film that can um, inform and inspire viewers. Um, and you alluded to two important ones. Um, in the issue of abortion, of course, we, we, we highlight the, the famous 1979 speech when she's given the Nobel Peace Prize, and she gets up there in front of all the leaders in the world, and nobody was expecting her to say this. But she talks about abortion, and she talks about abortion as the greatest destroyer of peace on the earth. And she says, I can to the poorest nations, to be those to be those nations that legalized abortion. Um, she was a powerful pro-life witness and a woman of incredible courage who did that time and time again whenever she gave speeches. So I think she's a source of inspiration for us to to be much more courageous in our pro-life witness. Um, and uh, and the Eucharist, absolutely, I think it's it's very important. As you as you well know, it's been very discouraging. Some of the polls that have come out about the percentage of Catholics who believe in the Eucharist, the real presence of Christ, and so with Mother Teresa, you have this living witness of somebody who saw the same Christ hidden in the Eucharist as the Christ hidden in the poorest of the poor, the distressing disguise of Jesus in the poorest of the poor, and so she's a really beautiful witness for all of us of how to. Uh, how to embrace it, a, a deeper understanding and appreciation of, uh, of our Eucharistic Lord. And, um, and so that's another aspect that I hope bears fruit. One of the things, you know, she could inspire people to do charity work themselves. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, I have to go a across the pond. I have to go to some third world country. But no, Mother Teresa said that you have the poor right in your backyard. And she encouraged people to go and reach out to people in their lo local area and to help those poor people. And so uh, hopefully that's one of the other outcomes of the film is a greater love for the poor right where you are. Now, this is going to be a Fathom event. A Fathom event is a special like release for one or two days in theaters. This is on Monday, October 3rd and Tuesday, October 4th. So why do it as a Fathom event? You could have probably easily had EWTN do a worldwide premiere. You could have maybe even had a, a television network or Netflix or whoever do their own premiere or showing of it. So why the Fathom event for this uh, documentary? Yeah, well, we certainly down the road, we definitely want the film to be on EWTN. And we definitely would like would love streaming platforms to pick it up. And one of the ways that uh, the streaming platforms can eventually pick it up is because of the word of mouth and the buzz uh, that comes out of the media, the earned media, the reviews that you know emerge after a theatrical release. 
Um, so that's one thing. And the second thing is, you know, this is produced by the Knights of Columbus. We, we have more than 1.3 million members in the United States, 2 million globally, and we have about over 10,000 councils. And we saw this as a great way to get the Knights of Columbus councils to come out for film in their local community and to and to get this film out there, you know, into every community in a tangible way where, you know, you can bring a group from your parish um, and people could really be inspired. And also, I think I've seen this film now, obviously, many, many times watching <laughs> it on my computer, making edits. Um, and also on big screens, we've had about four or five premieres. We're at the Sheen Center in New York City last Thursday with Cardinal Dolan. And we had a premiere down in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago. And we had an opportunity to actually screen it as well at the Vatican, at the Filmoteca Vatican, the private theater for the Pope within Vatican City. And um, the film is definitely made for the big screen. It's just a much more powerful experience with all the visuals from around the world, these different exotic locales we filmed in. Um, it just, um, you have the 5.1 sound mix. It's just a much better visual experience. So if you can see it on the big screen, I encourage people to do that. But those are some of the reasons why we want to start out as a bad release. And we're really glad that they wanted the film, you know, not, they don't accept every film. And so, um, the fact that they wanted to put this film in almost a thousand theaters across the whole country is exciting for us. And we're really hoping for a strong turnout and, um, and down the road to have it be seen on other TV stations and other platforms as well. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. You're just touching the surface, what this documentary covers about Mother Teresa uh, called uh, Mother Teresa, No Greater Love, hitting theaters Monday, October 3rd, Tuesday, October 4th for a limited release. So go to Fathom Events and get your tickets. And thank you so much, David, for joining me today to talk about the film that you helped direct and produce. Thank you so much, Father. It's great being with you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.